Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacob with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is uh, Tomas van der Wansom, uh, founder of Bitcrust. Tomas, how are you doing? Hey, I'm fine, fine. Hello. Good, thank you for coming. So, well, yeah. Would you tell listeners, what does Bitcrust do? Um, Bitcrust is a, is a full node implementation of uh, Bitcoin, and um, it's intended to become a, a full software suite of uh, Bitcoin. So um, we're building a, a modular approach. Um, we're building several different components to serve miners, businesses, users um, for their for their Bitcoin needs, basically. What, what does that mean, you're a full node implementation of Bitcoin? Are you running a the Bitcoin software, but on your own blockchain? Or, you know, I, I don't quite no, understand, no. I'm it, sorry. It it basically means that um, we're we're building software akin to uh, the normal reference software for Bitcoin, which is called Bitcoin Core. So instead of um, Bitcoin Core, we build our own software uh, in Rust, and um, this software will be basically a replacement for Core. And the idea is to make it um, more efficient and more modular than uh, than the current Core software, which is used for Bitcoin. But it's fully compatible, so it runs on the same network with the same rules and the same protocol. Oh, so what are the improvements that your protocol has over Bitcoin Core? Well, the main thing that we um, the, the, initially, what I wanted to do is uh, basically take a modular approach because Bitcoin Core software is basically everything in one. And um, I, I think this is a bit of a wrong approach because um, mm-hmm. it makes it harder, for instance, to make uh, things specifically for miners or specifically for businesses or for speci- specifically for users. But um, when I started, I also um, started thinking about how to implement it. And um, then found a really neat way to, um, yeah, to to build the, the the main component, the storage layer, in a very efficient way. And this looks like it's going to be quite a bit faster and more efficient than the way that uh, the core component is doing it. So, what what's the end goal? If it's good enough, would you want uh, Bitcoin Core to fork over to your software, or is it going to be forever mm-hmm. independent? No, no, that, uh, definitely not. No, I really believe that there should be, um, you know, Bitcoin is a protocol, and uh, I really believe that there should be multiple implementations that are competing for being efficient, for having different features. Um, and I believe that's a, a much better way to also involve the protocol, because that means that you don't have just one team uh, that is um, yeah, in charge, but you have multiple teams that have to, you know, come to an agreement. And um, yeah, I think that is that is a better way to doing it. And since I think that Bitcrust is really being able at this moment to make very efficient software, we can become a competitor, basically, of course, not a replacement. Okay. So what are the uh, some of the use cases or the, the main uses of, of your protocol that you're seeing right now? 
Well, currently we're still in development, so it, it's going to be a staged approach. And the first thing that we're going to build is, a, is, is basically the node software, which basically means that you, you have to you validate everything that comes in, every block you validate and every transaction you validate, and it has to be fully compliant. Um, but at this stage, it's also not really that useful yet. Because from there, you want to build a mining component so that miners can use it in an efficient way. And then we want mm. to build business software for businesses and, and end-user software for end-users. But yeah, that's basically the, the stages that we will have to go through. Well, in addition to being modular, what are some of the tweaks you're going to make to make it better? Are you going to have larger blocks, shorter block times? Are you going to have <laughs> nodes that get no, rewarded for running full nodes? You know, what are some of the features? No, initially, we, 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 um, well, we also do a lot of research and proposals in terms of changes to the protocol, but this is kind of independent. I mean, the, our initial goal is to make a compliant uh, node, which is, which is independent from any changes we propose. The, the, the reason uh, this node is different is because, yeah, basically, the, the implementation, what we currently have with the storage layer, is a completely different way of indexing and verifying the data. Core uses is a, a UTXO set, and it, it maintains that. And um, this is a central concept of the software. And in Bitcross, uh, there's a problem with this UTXO set is that it has to be accessed and updated sequentially. Um, so in Bitcross, we found a solution to use a different data structure called the spend tree. And this allows us to um, basically verify blocks completely in parallel. And um, yeah, this, is, this makes it really efficient and fast. So what will some of the benefits be? You say it's more efficient. What does that mean? What does that translate to? And how will that reflect on the, you know, the protocol? How will how will people see it being more efficient? Well, people will see it because they there's less resource usage. Um, people will see it because for miners, um, it means they can faster validate and and probably make a gain in terms of their income. And um, people will see it because it will make it possible for the protocol to allow bigger blocks without this being a, a problem in the computation power for the for the node. So in the end, it will help to make the core, the, the, the software itself, more efficient. It will help also help the protocol, also, although this is not initially uh, what we propose. It, it, it's just the, yeah, to make this more efficient will in the end lead to uh, a, a better Bitcoin. Okay. What about the nodes themselves? Are, they gonna, are people going to be rewarded somehow for running a full node, or is it, are you not going in that direction? No, I don't think, personally, I don't think that, that wanted or, or necessary. I think that, yeah, the idea that, that, that flows around that uh, full nodes are needed to keep the, the miners in check is a bit flawed. I, I, personally, I see it the way I see it is that miners do have a lot of power, and there's very little to do about it. It's basically an essence of, of proof for security. And um, full nodes can be useful for, for businesses like block explorers or, or payment uh, processors. But for end users, there's just light clients. SPV is an excellent way to, to be fully secure and reliant on this proof of security. But the idea that we must promote everyone to use full node is not something that um, I, I ascribe to. Okay. What about uh, for mining? What improvements and changes to mining are you going to make? Is it still going to well, be proof of work? You know, any other changes? Yeah, yeah it's, it's all the same. It's it, Primarily at, in this stage, it's going to be um, an improvement in efficiency. Though I must say that the first part of Bitcrest that we built was a storage engine, uh, the indexing engine. And um, this looks really efficient and, and useful. And we, there we did some major innovation. The mining component is still a, a little bit further out. So at this stage, yeah, of course, I also hope to add features. But at this stage, the only thing I can be certain of is that it's going to be um, efficient. And um, yeah, I, probably I also want to add more features, but I can't say that at this, at this moment. Yeah, you mentioned efficiency a few times. So what's your end goal? You, do you want a, um, you know, a, again, a competitor to Bitcoin that can scale without having scaling issues? Or what's like your real 
end goal. What do you think competitively you're going to beat Bitcoin at? Well, I'm, I'm not going to beat Bitcoin. I'm going to beat Bitcoin Core. And I think for one, it, it, I can beat it because it's more efficient. That's one, one already has had or repeated a few times. But also, because I take a modular approach, if we're going to make software specifically for miners, that means that we can tweak the software for these miners. We can tweak, for instance, the network peer selection and all these things. We can, we can tweak it specifically to, to optimize the node for miners and, and the same for businesses. And that way, yeah, I think that, that it will be software that, uh, you know, requires less uh, resources. And especially if Bitcoin grows, this can become a big issue. So, that, yeah, that's how I hope to compete with, with Core. Not with Bitcoin, but with the Bitcoin Core software at this point. Okay. What, um, what limitations do you see Bitcoin Core running into in the near future that you wish, mm-hmm. you know would be taken care of that you want to take care of with your software? What, what, what specific problems do you see? Well, I think that the Bitcoin Core software is, is limited due to its uh, a very uh, non-modular approach. It basically puts in the wallet and the whole UI of the wallet and the mining software and the normal uh, RPC business interface. Yeah, it basically puts it all in one big application, which makes it really hard to maintain. That said, I think that the problems of Bitcoin, so not of the Bitcoin Core product, but the, the problems of Bitcoin are, of course, bigger than the problems of the Bitcoin Core software itself. We, we need to distinct that. You know, it's exciting times for Bitcoin with changes ahead. And uh, yeah, I think that these are very important. I'm, I personally, um, I think that's also where we want to do research and, 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 and uh, help in and to see what, what, what changes to the Bitcoin protocol can be made to, uh, to make it scale. Yeah, for me, these are two separate questions. So for Bitcoin, we want to make an efficient software and a, and a good competitor. And meanwhile, of course, I want, I'm also want to be involved in or try to, to help with uh, ideas on how to uh, improve Bitcoin. Okay, well, very good. What, what's your roadmap? How long will it take you to get the different modules done? You know, which modules are first and how long is this going to take? Yeah, I'm, I, we're hoping to have a, 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 a first working version uh, by the end of the year, beginning of next year. And um, from there, we'll see it. It also has to depend a little bit on, on funding and, uh, and resources. So um, it's hard to look further down the road at this stage. Are you going to have your own token that the network uses? And what are you going to call no. it if you do? No, we're not going to. We, we, we attempt to be fully compliant, and uh, we will. We will be a fully compliant Bitcoin note that, that works the same as any, anyone else. And that also means that we have to follow the, the changes that currently are being implemented, like the segment you know, and the, the increase. It's, um, I apologize. It's my lack of knowledge is why I'm as, asking you these questions. So let's say your software is ready. It's, it's ready, 100%. How will it be used with the current Bitcoin network? Will some miners choose to use? your software and yet they can mine blocks on the the current bitcoin protocol or you know how will you integrate yes. i don't understand that i'm yes. sorry yes that, that's exactly the case there there are multiple implementations of bitcoin currently running like um a bcoin or a gocoin or a, and there's one very big implementation called uh, bitcoin core now different implementations have become very known for um also trying to change the protocol like uh, bitcoin unlimited and um, bitcoin classic and bitcoin xt now although i do really support these ideas very much. It, it, it doesn't, it's not necessary to, for an, another implementation to also choose their own rules. You can have multiple implementations on the same network that all follow the same rules and create the same blocks and uh, validate the same blocks in the same way. Yeah, that, that's just what it is. It, it's just another client software that you install on your computer and will also validate the blocks just like Core does and also show you a wallet or uh, allows you to mine just like Core does, but then, you know, with, with different features and different uh, characteristics. And it, it runs on the same Bitcoin network. Huh. So Bitcoin is so not is one it... piece of software. 
it's it's a protocol and yeah, it can have multiple implementations. Interesting. Okay. I guess because I'm not a developer, I didn't understand that. So, huh, interesting. So I guess it's like telling someone to, you know, paint a house, but you can paint it in 50 different ways and still accomplish the goal. And the person that tells you to paint the house doesn't care how it's done, just that it gets done according to their rules. Yeah, or according to what he wants. Let's look at it as, um, I think, you know, something like BitTorrent, you know, there's also one protocol with a lot of different uh, software, you know, and they, some are really small and some are really feature rich and some are really uh, for uh, major downloaders and major uploaders. And yeah, that, you can have one protocol and multiple uh, clients, multiple software uh, uh, implementations that, that work with that protocol. And that's the same with Bitcoin. So are you going to submit this as a, a Bitcoin improvement proposal or it doesn't need to be that? It just can be a, no. an alternate version no. of the software people can run. It's just an alternate version of the software that people can run. And I, as I okay. said, I'm also working on, on, uh, on, on improve. I do work on improvement proposals and, uh, uh, and research and, and trying to help uh, the Bitcoin protocol. But that's basically separate from, uh, yeah, from this implementation. So I guess wallets have different flavors and looks and uses and features. So I guess this is in another way, kind of like wallets are. Wallets still work yeah. with the existing Bitcoin network, but they, they give a different front end to the user. Yeah, that's exactly correct. And, and we also eventually will make a wallet because that also needs the same root module. But um, uh, unlike wallet, the, the software that actually validates blocks and that's used for by businesses and binaries is usually the same uh, software at this moment. It's usually Bitcoin Core. It's, it's less uh, varied uh, in the ecosystem. And I think that is, um, yeah, we're going to change that. So your customer is essentially the miners, right? Or for businesses, yeah, miners is for our mining component, but we also make uh, the, basically the API interface that, that Core uses. So it can also be used for, for businesses like uh, payment processors or block explorers or any business that, that, that use this Bitcoin uh, Core software currently can see if it's, it becomes efficient to, to replace it with uh, our variants because as an efficiency or features that we can provide that, that Core doesn't. What about uh, smart contracts? Are you going to make a module that can run those on the Bitcoin network? Yeah, that could be interesting, but it's not a short-term goal. Um, this is also because, the, 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 yeah, what, what I said, the, the, the modules that we're having staged is already quite a, uh, an impressive ta uh, task. This is not our primary uh, target, but yes, it, it, due to our modular approach, we can definitely look into these kind of use cases as well, yeah. So what do you see right now in the, in the market? What um, implementations are being used? Bitcoin Core is the majority. What about Bcoin yeah. or these other implementations? What percentage do you have a guess of? Uh... No, it's it's almost negligible. There's also there's there's quite a lot of people using Bitcoin Unlimited currently, and uh, some people using Bitcoin Classic, and then the vast majority using. Uh, I think uh, Bitcoin Core is at about 88 percent or 87 percent if you count nodes. It's, it's not an accurate count, but um, yeah, that that gives a rough rough in, impression on how yeah monotone the the, the market is today for the uh, full node implementation. What about the um the possible implementation of SegWit or SegWit2x, how is that going to affect your development and your traje trajectory? Well, although I'm not, not completely in favor of SegWit myself, um, of course, if this is going to be accepted, which looks like it's going to be done and it's, it's going to be the major uh, branch of Bitcoin, then we're going to have to implement it. And um, we already did partly, which we did some experimentation. It's, it's not a really major change for us. It won't change our roadmap. It's, it's relatively uh, easy to implement. But um, so, yeah, we just follow, basically follow the, the consensus here. Why, why? I don't know. If it, it's up to you if you want to answer this. But what don't you like about SegWit? What do you think it's uh, 
is good or bad about it? Well, I think there's there's a flaw. I also uh, several people posted, but there's a flaw in that it basically changes the incentives for miners to not needing to download signatures anymore. Um, currently, miners must download the signatures of, 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 of everything from a block before that they can create a block which includes fees and transactions. And uh, with SegWit, um, miners could in the future um, start optimizing uh, by not doing that because they don't need the signatures in order to update their own state, their own UTXO set. And so, um, yeah, this is a bit of a, uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a tricky flaw. It, it, it is also a, a little bit of a strange side effect because SegWit um, basically changes it in a bit, uh, tries to fix malleability, but it also does so in a, a bit of a complicated way. Apart from the fact that there are actually very easy malleability fixes uh, available, which I would certainly prefer, like uh, BIP 140 isn't already an old BIP by uh, Christian Decker, which is basically a, a malleability fix. And um, that, that is something that I think would be yeah, a, a much better approach. What happens if, like you said, miners don't have to, uh, they can discard the signature data in order to update their state? What is, what's the consequence of that? What does that mean for well, them? What does that mean for the network? Probably not much uh, in the beginning. Probably it's not. It's, it's not like if SegWit is in, we're, we're in trouble. But it does change the incentive, and especially in the long run, if blocks will grow bigger and we allow bigger blocks, then it could mean that not everyone is, not all miners are are validating these signatures like they're doing now, and that basically de- uh, decreases the security of the network. Because that would mean that uh, if, say, 10% is not validating signatures, then in that an, an attacker would not need 51% in order to create an, an invalid longest chain, but it would only need 41% to do that. Um, and it, that's still not something that will immediately happy, happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's tricky to mess with these incentives this way, especially if it's completely unneeded. But why would, um, what's the benefit to the miner to either uh, download the signature information or not? Why would they do it or why wouldn't they? Well, they can. It's a, it's a simple optimization. Currently, they can't optimize that way because they need the signatures. They need every byte in order to update the state. But you know, if they're on low on bandwidth and if big blocks are bigger, um, they they can say, okay, I don't, I'm not gonna just like they do SPI mining now. Um, they they can say, I'm not gonna download these signatures because um, well, it saves me bandwidth and I, I don't need them really because I'm, I'm, I'm I can trust that uh, the previous block is is valid. Uh, there are not many invalid blocks, so this is not a, a strange assumption. And um, yeah, this optimization would hurt the total network, the network overall. So why wouldn't all miners do this as fast as they could then? Um, yeah, it's also a minor optimization. I mean, you you save a few bytes, and uh, it, currently blocks are small. And um, yeah, I don't think they're they're yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a trade-off. There's of course is a risk in uh, building on an invalid block. Um, if it's cheap to download the signatures, yeah, then probably they're not not going to change that. They're not going to build their own protocol to change it. But in the long run, we could, yeah, we could see that happen. Especially if, as I say, if blocks grow bigger. It seems like it would incentivize yeah. the uh, the larger, better connected mining operations because um, they could do this and not suffer much of a penalty to to download all the information. But the smaller miners are the ones that would probably move towards this right away to try to gain a foothold as fast as they could. Yeah, yeah, that that could be. I, personally, I think it won't happen right away. I think both because you would require, um, yeah, this, this optimization would have to be built, and also there are some uh, mitigating things in that you need to signature you need to signature anyway for the transactions which are already in the mempool, which makes optimization with these block sizes, yeah. 
pretty small. And um, so I'm not scared that SegWit is immediately going to mess things up. I think that uh, there's just a slight shift in incentives that in the long run, um, yeah, especially since it's preventable, it's not a good thing. Mm, okay. Um, and I, yeah, personally, I also think that, yeah, I I believe that the block size itself is, is, is something that, yeah, there's a lot of strange narrative here. I, I personally, I think that um, it, it should serve as a as a spam limit, and just like we did in the seven the first seven years, we can we can just slowly grow uh, the blocks with a, a limit which is much higher. And um, yeah, I think that's a much better model. But yeah, that's that's another discussion, of course. Okay. Well, um, I guess last last couple of questions about the yeah you know, the Bitcrust implementation. So. How long do you think it'll be until you fully develop the uh, the software and it's ready to be used? How long till all the modules uh, will will they take to get done? Um, yeah, because these are different steps, it's it's hard to say. Um, as I said, I have the first uh, version available in in beta early next year, and then um, yeah, probably somewhere next year we'll have a, a, a first uh, a release uh, available. But as I said, this is really dependent also on funding and uh, resources. So uh, I can't make promises at this stage. Oh, no problem. I was just wondering about general statements about when it may be, uh, at what points it yep. may get to. Okay. And anything else that you wanted to talk about that I should have asked you? Um, no, not really. No, and I want to say that... Um, Yes, we, we it is going well with Bitcrust. The, the, the development is going well, and um, yeah, we are looking for funding, as I already mentioned a little bit. So um, yeah, that's wants to add that if that's uh, if anyone's interested, and uh, they can contact me. Yeah, what's the best way for interested listeners to contact you? Email, um, phone, website. Yeah, there's an email on the site, on the website bitcrust.org. There's also some information there on. Uh, yeah, on the on the innovation of Bitcrust and uh, and and the progress. So um, yeah, check it out. Okay, Thomas. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming. Okay, thank you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field. To interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.